Hi, and welcome to episode 40 of the Grid Answer Europe podcast. My name is Andre, and with me as always is my co-host, Desai. What's up, man? Hey, man. And what you heard in the beginning was the intro to the Rhine fire in their game against the Frankfurt Galaxy. And, uh, well, some context. We were at two ELF games, including that one in Frankfurt. And uh, didn't we have one hell of a trip aside? The most amount of people I've ever seen in a game was probably 300. And those 300 were parents and friends. <laughs> Going to like Frankfurt game where there's almost 8,000. Yeah, I think the official number down in Frankfurt was like 7,525 or something like that. It was over 7,500. And... I have seen games with more people in attendance. I've been at a Big 12 game in Texas, and I've seen uh, I've seen uh, NFL games as well live. So th- those are a lot bigger. But I think this is the biggest event I've seen for football in Europe. Yeah, that was awesome. I don't think you will find a larger crowd than in Frankfurt because the fans are actually like football fans, not parents and friends and family no you can't get over seven thousand people to a game if it's just parents of the players and yeah those kinds of people but it, it was really fun and in the elf opening weekend that was the most attended game i think uh, the second most attended game was in hamburg and it wasn't even close if i remember correctly But on today's episode, we will talk a bit more about these two uh, ELF games we attended. We attended uh, Rams at Centurions in Cologne uh, for the opener on Saturday. Then we went to Frankfurt to watch the Galaxy take on the uh, new franchise, Düsseldorf Rheinfire. You will hear some interview we made with uh, players after the game. We had one interview from each team. And uh, towards the end of the episode, we will get back to our regular regular programming where we draft games and we have a discussion about our Swedish Division I power ranking. It's a jam-packed episode because we're essentially doing a two-in-one, but it'll be fun. <coughs> no sidetracking. <laughs> hey, that's your expertise. <laughs> but what do we need to do first? We need to present this show sponsor. Because this show is sponsored by Contact Sports. Contact Sports is the number one stop for all your football needs. The website, www.contactsports.se, has everything you need from helmets to cleats. And if you're unsure about your size or you need some advice, you can call, DM, or email them, and they will help you out. These guys, they've sold football equipment since the late 1980s. So they're truly experts. 1980s helmets were made by leather. They were leather helmets. And this week, you will get a 10% discount on helmets. Not leather leather helmets. Helmets. On helmets if you enter our code GRIDIRON at checkout. Again, that's 10% off on helmets if you enter our code GRIDIRON. That's G-R-I-D. I-R-O-N. A big thank you to Contact Sports for sponsoring this podcast. So do you need a new helmet aside? This is the time. No. If they make it a deal with a sponsorship deal, I'm taking a new helmet. Not the Speedflex. 
in the winter, I don't recommend those. <laughs> but anyway, where should we start? We began by going to Cologne, and we spent a full day in Cologne before the game, and then we attended the game on uh, Saturday. And they were very, uh, very nice to us, all of the people with the Centurions, weren't they? Listen, the Centurions organization, shout out to them. It's my new favorite team. Nothing to against any other team. They treated us like family and pro media. They gave us food. They gave us vests. You know how big time I felt wearing the vest and the badge? <laughs> hey, we got badges in Frankfurt too. Yeah, but we didn't give it vests. I get like, <laughs> big time. <laughs> and they yeah, you, you can see some pictures on our uh, Instagram where we're wearing, wearing these vests, I think, in our interview uh, with uh, Noah, which we'll get to very soon. But, yeah, we, we got there and we were kind of confused as to where to enter the stadium, but we finally found our way. And, uh, and yeah, immediately we got uh, vests. Uh, we got these, uh, what, what are they called? The, the lanyards. Uh, yeah, bag or badges. Yeah, the press accreditation lanyard with the badge thing. But yeah, the only thing we needed to present was our names because, well, we had been in contact with them beforehand and we got everything we needed. And they said, any questions, just ask. And we were allowed to be on the field pre-game and post-game. And we had access to anywhere we wanted in the arena, basically. Yeah, only on kickoff we had to leave the area because they don't want some random fat boys running around showing up on the ELF stream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we needed to be like in the behind the wall, so to speak. So in the stands by the time uh, the coin toss started, I think it was. But they gave us a set like a special press area. Yeah, they had a few made for the press where you could like uh charge computers and stuff so th that's the area we sat in all game really and one of the most fun stuff that day i was or the day before hanging out with our old friend aladdin our former teammate and friend yeah Demi. i've i've played with this guy since i was like 14 so it's really fun he's playing with the cologne crocodiles the gfl team the gfl one team in cologne and uh he hung out with us for much of the Friday and Saturday we were there, actually. And it, it was really fun seeing Aladdin. Shout out to him. And we have to have him on the podcast at some point. Yeah, I need the 2014-U19 season explained in details. <laughs> By him. <laughs> I mean, that's one hell of a team you can talk about forever. But uh, let's get to the... Istanbul Rams at Cologne Centurions. Do you have any main takeaways from watching that game live? Watching it live? Mm. <laughs> it felt like an NFL game because they tail tailgated. There were a bunch of people. <clears throat> we also felt big time. Like we did not stand in lines with those other schmucks. We got to go through the line. <clears throat> are, are you thinking about the right game now? Yeah, we got escorted through the line to the media center. In Don't Cologne? Yeah, no, in the Frankfurt. No, but we're talking about Cologne. Oh, shit. <laughs> Cologne game was a lot of fun. Noah got a pick, so that was exciting because we were sitting on the like Cologne side. 
So they were bare, like there were no no Istanbul fans. And when Noah got a pick, all of all of us guys start screaming and shouting. So we got I, a don't, lot of I don't think I, I don't think I screamed, but I I was a bit excited. I and, was jumping. Me and, and Josh were jumping. Yeah, Josh, we had with us as our designated photographer. He he was pretty quiet throughout both of the games. But then for that play, when Noah got the pick, he was on his feet, which was fun. But in the end, Noah's team did not win. One of our former podcast guests, Fabian, who we also interviewed after the game, actually, spoiler alert, uh, his team, the Centurions, they got away with a victory 40 to 38. So it was a really close matchup back and forth. And uh, I think that was something that many people uh, who know more about us more than us about the ELF. They didn't, I don't think they thought that would happen because the Rams were big underdogs going into this. Yeah. Besides their uniforms, they looked good. Yeah, I think their quarterback also struggled quite a bit. The Australian they have, Jared Stegman, he threw back to back interceptions at one point in the the first half. Six sixes. Yeah, I think it was back-to-back pick sixes even. One was to, uh, uh, I believe, number 47, Nicholas Leeson. And the second one was to uh, the player, maybe the player of the week in the ELF, Flemur Simon, who had two picks on the day, including a pick six. Okay, we need to get get this out of the way. The kickoff rules in the ELF sucks. (laughs) Continue, Andre. Yeah, but the the Centurions they sort of got away with one, with a victory there because they don't win the game if Stegman doesn't throw those two pick sixes, and that was a brutal stretch of the game for the Rams because they had the lead they had they were up like nine to nothing at one point, and these two pick sixes really put them in a hole. Yeah, like two pick sixes it kills a team. <laughs> I don't care who you are. But it was still really close until the end. And I, I'm excited. What did you say? Cologne's player, 57. If I see him in a dark alley, I'm running. He's a monster. <laughs> he was really good this weekend. He was all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he did everything. He had sacks, tackles, pick sixes. But I, I'm, I'm excited to see both of these teams going forward, what direction uh, they will go, if they can be near the top of the table or if these teams just happen to be two of the bottom feeders in the end facing each other in the first round. Because we, we don't really know at this point. But, but it, it was a fun game, even though it was the least attended game of the ELF this weekend. And in my eyes, it felt packed. Because the lines, <laughs> the beer stand were huge. <laughs> beer stands. And they sold soda for that matter. But who cares about that? Not the Germans. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Germans, they sure liked their beer. was something uh, we definitely discovered uh, being there this weekend. We but it was, a, it was a real fun game. Should we uh, get to the interview with Noah? Okay, we're standing here on the sideline of the Cologne Centurions v. Istanbul Rams game. And the Centurions came out victorious, 40-38. to 38. 
Um, we're with defensive back from Istanbul, New Alstan, who had one interception on the day, but your team came out with a loss, a two-point loss, close game, very exciting game. How do you feel? I mean, I couldn't be more proud of my guys. Like we, we, we had so much struggle down in Istanbul. Uh, everything with not like just everything has been a struggle for us, really. I can't say more than that, but we had so much struggle coming down here. Everyone thought we were gonna lose by fucking blowout. I was, I couldn't be more proud of my guys with the, doing this and a hell of a game by everyone involved. Uh, yeah, I'm just super proud of my guys. That's the only word I have to say. Like, I'm super proud of my guys. How did it feel as a defensive back to get your first interception in the league in your first game? Yeah, it was awesome. First, first game, first season, amazing. I couldn't, I, I couldn't ask for more. But as I said to the quarterback before the game, I said I'm visualizing my pick the most exactly the same way it come. So I was, I was super happy with it. So I was visualizing that pick before. Uh, and it happened, so I'm gonna start doing that more often. Yeah, because the Cologne quarterback, he sort of got hit as the ball was flying away, and uh, it sort of floated in the air, and you tracked it down, right? What what were you, what was going through your mind as that ball was coming towards you? Yeah, first of all, first of all, like don't drop it. But when I when I caught it, I was like, fuck, don't get hit by the big fucking guys coming in like 110 uh, kilometers an hour. So I was I was super I was super scared here, but I was trying to. I was trying to cut it in at first, but then the big dude came and cut my legs. I was, I was like, fuck it, that's you good. You returned it pretty far, so. Yeah, it was like a four-yard return, wasn't it? Yeah, you got quite, quite a lot of yardage on that return, and you got your team very good field position. Yeah. They weren't able to capitalize on that drive, but I think they uh, took the lead on their next drive, didn't they? Yeah, we did. I think we kicked. Didn't we do the field goal then? I think so. But I mean, I couldn't be more proud of the like the offensive side too, like. They struggled. We had some struggles in the beginning. I mean, defense stepped up. It's always, the defense has to step up. So I'm not. I'm not really. That's like. That's like. We always have to do that. Uh, so I'm not. Like I'm not mad over this loss. I. I, I just know we've proven ourselves. Uh, we had a. Had a tough game today. We lost. Came out with two points, which is which is insane. Everybody doubted us coming into the league, thinking we're trash. Yeah, we're here now. How, how difficult is it to adjust to the NFL rule system instead of the one you were used to in Sweden? To be honest, I didn't even think about it. I was like, I'm always hitting people late. So that, this is perfect for me. <laughs> but no, no, of course, I was thinking about it in my, like before the game, just to be like sure um, I know that I need to tackle him to the ground and actually touch him if, he, if I don't touch him. Uh, so I was thinking about it. Uh, but when you're out there, you don't, doesn't really make sense like it doesn't doesn't matter you do the same thing either way like it's almost the same uh, what are your expectations uh, now going into next week and then uh, for the rest of the season here actually I have no clue how the other teams are looking but this is a playoff team from last year so I know it's a good team uh, Berlin solid team uh, like there was a solid team last year too so I'm just I'm, I just want to get the get a win like that's that's all I'm looking for. I, I just want to get a win. Yeah, man, just get to work next week and uh, hey, go go see your parents. <laughs> I'm gonna go see my parents right now. They're waiting for me. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, it was fun actually. We met Noah's parents in the airport before, like 
when we landed, it was so random. I think we were on the same plane also. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we were on the same plane. And then at, at the airport in Cologne, we were like, ah, hey, <laughs> his parents and a few other family members were there for his opener. And I mean, that that's fun for to have your family fly down for the opening game. That That's really supportive. And I thought it was a fun touch to throw in to tell him to go see his parents uh, right after the interview. Yeah, he did the Tom Brady. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, also talked to uh, a player from the winning team, as we said earlier, Fabian Katz, offensive lineman for the Lonsbyrians. Our homeboy. I I wasn't on the episode uh, he was on back a few months ago. I was throwing up all day that time i remember that was sucky but i got to meet him in person instead and uh, we had a pretty good interview which you'll hear now okay uh, we're standing on the sideline after the cologne centurions v istanbul rams game and it was a close matchup and uh, the centurions they came out victorious and we have fabian Katz, offensive lineman for the Cologne Centurions, standing here next to us. How do you feel? I'm feeling great. I mean, if you're pulling off a dub like that, it just feels awesome. doesn't matter who you're playing against. You played a very tough team, very talented. They fought their, they fought their ass off for four quarters, and that's, that's what really goes to show with the scoreboard. I mean, this, this close, I believe, it was 40-38, something like that, very tight. So uh, feeling, feeling very good, very motivated, actually, to go into the next week and then moving forward. And who do you have next week? I think we got Swarco, right? We got the Raiders. Uh, it's going to be a tough, even tougher matchup. We got to have a really good week of practice. But I think that's today is something that you can really build your confidence on because if you if you're if you're able to pull out such a win and late in the fourth quarter down, got to have to tie it up. Your defense gets a two minute warning, like an inside two minute stop, and then you just can kneel it down. It's that's huge for your confidence moving forward. So I, I'm not too stressed, but we got to have a really good week of practice in order to to really be prepared for, for them. They have a really, really good front seven. So we, us in a, as an offensive line, we really have to do a good, better job, actually, than we did today in order to, that we can keep moving to football. How do you feel about your uh, personal performance and the performance of the rest of your offensive line today? I feel very confident. I, th I believe we had like seven yards of pop, six yards of pop, like six yards of carry. That's really, really good. Um, I, I don't think our quarterback got sacked, but I could be mistaken. Personally, I'm more than happy with what, how I performed. Um, so we just got to do. We just got to keep getting better. Uh, our online coach has done a really terrific job of preparing us against them. Uh, we were, we really knew what they were going to run against us, so we just didn't have any problems with that. But I think we just got to be able to execute when it gets tough, and that's that's something that we will probably be working on this week. I'm sure. And uh, lastly, we saw at the end of your. Towards the end of the game, early in the fourth quarter, we saw you taping your ankle. Yeah, I rolled my ankle. In the what last happened drive. there? Yeah, I rolled my ankle in the last drive, but I'll be good. I'm good. There's nothing torn, nothing broken. It's just painful. You just got to get back. That's why I came back into the game. You know, it's, if it's something, if it's just hurting, you'll be good. So I, I just head, headed back out. Yeah, these ankle sprains suck. <laughs> suck. I've had a few of them myself, but you should be able to play through. It's not nothing serious. No, 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 not at all. I'll be, I'll be practicing on Tuesday, Thursday, and then. Be ready for, for uh, the Raiders. Awesome that you're willing to come on the podcast again. It was fun to see you. Thank you for uh, being on. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, just, just to confirm stuff, 
<clears throat> me and Andre are pretty tall people. And those yeah. 11 guys are pretty huge. No, no, no. Fabian I, is, Fabian I, is, <laughs> I am average height. Osaid is very short. No. <laughs> Let's get this enough. straight. Listen, Fabian is an offensive lineman, so I expected him to be huge. Lawrence kind of catfished me. He looks shorter in pictures. The guy was tall as hell. Shout out to Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence is, uh, of course, the a guy we've also had on the podcast who plays for the Frankfurt Galaxy. He's one of the team captains there. And we also talked to him after the Frankfurt game, but we'll get to that very soon. Any final takeaways from uh, Cologne? Their number one, the jersey number one, is a monster. Oh, Quinton Pounds, the receiver. He racked up over 100 yards receiving, and I think two touchdowns on the day. He had a very good game. Yes. I, I also want to give a bit of a shout-out to the Cologne quarterback, Jan, Jan Weinreich, a German quarterback. He, went, he had the most passing yards in the league this weekend. He did throw two interceptions, but also had four touchdowns, and I just think having a German quarterback for one of these German teams is it can be a huge advantage if he can hold that sort of a level all season, because then you, you have the ability to bring in more American imports at other positions, which is a huge advantage. Yeah, it's totally is. They have other imports in other positions now instead. So yeah, they have both the on offense, they have both Pounds, the receiver, and uh, Trey King, the running back. And the salary. Like, imagine saving the quarterback salary. It's huge. Not huge, but huge in Europe <laughs> money. Could be big. But, yeah, should we uh, move on to the game in uh, Frankfurt? For sure. That game was confusing for me. <laughs> <laughs> but let, let's start with uh, when we got there, because... We had a hard time finding our way to where, where we should be, right? Yeah, the, the stadium is huge. There were fans everywhere. I mean, I was actually shocked because at the like stadium grounds, before you get into the actual stadium, we saw tons of people. And there was like a true tailgate atmosphere. And there, I think there was a scene as well with both the cheerleaders and players and all kinds of people, the commissioner, all, all kinds of people coming up and talking in it. It was. It just felt like a pretty big atmosphere compared to what else I've seen in Europe. I think that is based on their history with uh, NFL Europe. So they have fans from those days. And it, 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 yeah, you, we saw lots and lots of uh, the old Frankfurt Galaxy jerseys that they used during their NFL Europe days. But we also saw... Uh, Plenty of Rhine Fire fans who also traveled to the game, and they had a significant fan base in attendance. And yeah, like one fourth of the stadium were, was Rhine Fire fans. A quarter, maybe, maybe it's not as high as, as a quarter, but they had like an entire section of just Fire fans. I remember seeing, <laughs> and uh, quite a few other Rhine Fire fans spread out throughout the stadium. It, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, the whole atmosphere was amazing because I'm, I've never experienced like football outside of Sweden, so this is was uh, like more of an experience for me than watching a game. I believe it was like just watching a game for Josh. 
Or yeah, I, I, I think Josh said like, uh, uh, oh, this isn't th this this is decent, but maybe it's like a good Division Two school. He said at one point, and that was looking like a little boy. <laughs> like my eyes Osaid, totally open. Osaid was totally starry eyes and. Oh, where have I come to? This is amazing. <laughs> but it was fun. Um, and yeah, this was where we got escorted to the media stand because we, we didn't know where to go, but we finally did get some help to get in the right space. And we, we got press passes there too, but we didn't really have access to the full stadium like we did in Cologne. No, I think Frankfurt is focusing more on the, like, because they had VIP rooms, they have lunches for those VIPs. So I think they were more focused on that part of the game, like making it, an making it a thing. Like, yeah, grabbing lunch, watching the game, enjoying it, I, going home, drinking a bunch of beer. I, I don't think they wanted two uh, random schmucks they've never heard of uh, getting full access. <laughs> but we, we did. Are the uh, of Europe? <laughs> but we, we did uh, get into the game and we were able to get assigned seating in a certain section of the stadium and that was nice. Yeah, that game was tense. It was a close game. Yeah, it was really close. And uh, the Rheinfire, they came out victorious. What was the final score again? It was 29 to 26. Was that it? Two point win, yeah. No, three points. They had uh, it was tied when they kicked the game winning field goal. Yeah. Let me just double check. Yes, 29 26. Ryan Fire win. One thought of that game Nathaniel Robitaille is a monster, not a receiver. He's a monster. <laughs> Every fade he ran, he was open. I think, I think, uh, our main man Roby here, Nathaniel Robitaille, I think he had three catches. But over a hundred yards, he had really important catches. Like every catch, he yeah. made the almost game win. He catched the game. Yeah, so he had he had one catch early, early in the game that was a beauty from Matt Adam, their quarterback, and he went for over sixty yards on one play. But then towards the end of the game, uh, Matt Adam, he was actually out at that point from the game. They had their backup. Uh, uh, Rohat was his is his first name. Uh, number twelve for for uh, the Ryan Fire. Uh, number twelve, their backup quarterback Rohat Rohat uh, He threw that pass towards the end of the game. Also, a deeper throw, but this was sort of a quick pass compared to the earlier throw by Adam where he rolled out and it took some time. But Rohat, Doug Dalen, he's number 12. He stepped back, backup quarterback in the game, game tied. He takes a three-step drop, lobs it to Robitaille, and Roby makes a great catch, puts the fire in, in field goal range, and they kick the game-winning field goal with what, less than 10 seconds remaining. I think it was nine seconds or something like that. Yeah, he was awesome. I believe he should have gotten the MVP if they gave out MVPs. Do you know who did get the MVP of that game? No, they did not give out MVPs. I don't think so. 
because when I told him, like, you should have been in the MVP, he said they are giving out MVP trophies. <laughs> I mean, they did in the Cologne game. Oh, also shout out to the other receiver on the other side for the rank fire. What Timothy Knudel, uh, a German number guy, number six. He also had one hell of a game. Yeah, he was a monster also. Something I found really interesting with the rank fire was that they played a very traditional offense. I wasn't surprised because they have uh, Jim Tomsula as their head coach and I remember when he was the coach in San Francisco, they also ran a pretty traditional offense. But they they came out with uh, two tight end sets, I uh, formation sets, lots of stuff from under center, single back, offset eye, like all of this sort of traditional offense. And it, you don't see that all that often. Like contrast it with what happened in Cologne, like the Centurions, they were essentially playing in uh, an air raid attack with the uh, a bunch of passes and a bunch of shallow throws. Like, it, Who puts it, it, quarterback it, under anymore? Yeah, exactly. And it, they they won the game playing that way. And I I think that's going to be their identity. They they ran the football pretty well. Should we discuss the injury that happened or no? Uh, I think we should bring it up. We saw uh, our. Uh, Swedish superstar, the Swedish star defensive player for uh, Frankfurt, Sebastian Gutia. He went out of the game twice and got evaluated for head injuries both times, and he got sent back in the game both times. And uh, I think we could determine from the he puked. stands that he was probably not supposed to be playing at that point. The funny thing is, he, uh, we believe this uh, conspiracy theory. So we can he wanted to be on the show, actually. I talked to him after the game. <clears throat> we think he got concussed in the first quarter when he tackled, I think, number six on the side on the Galaxy sideline. And he, oh. I think we, he puked. Then in the second half, I don't know what speech he had in his mind or what happened. He was a monster in the second half. Post-concussion, Sebastian is a monster. <laughs> but yeah, that's a bit of a critique. I don't know how the concussion protocol works in the ELF, but that's either on the Frankfurt coaching staff or something, uh, a bigger problem league-wide. I'm not sure, but I don't think he should have re-entered the game at that point. Listen. As a player, he's their best defensive player. Yeah, and a, pl- first home a, game, I a think player, a player him out of the field. He he will play until he would die. A player will never say no to re-entering yeah. the field unless he like can't walk or can't do his but job. Told him like I'm okay, I can get in, and he was yeah. seeing stars. Yeah, but like, and and coaches, I think they most of the time trust that the medical personnel will know what they're doing. But yeah, yeah should we have, we have no choice? But should we uh, try to move on from uh, this dark part of the game? Yeah, let's go to the fun parts where we got to talk with our friends. Yeah, I mean, we we managed to catch them. So, so it was a bit of a frenzy after the game trying to get a hold of them. 
because both uh, Lorenz Reglo and Nathaniel Robitaille, which were the people we interviewed, they were taking quite long with uh, talking to other players. And I think both of them had like interviews on the field and stuff. But I, both I went. Superstars. So they had to hold yeah. a lot of babies, take a lot of pictures. <laughs> you know, they, they, yeah, they I went, do personal stuff. I went down to like the railing and uh, Lorenz started coming out and I called him over. And I was like, oh, hey, hey man. Uh, uh, can we have a quick interview? The guys are out there. Okay, yeah, give me 10 minutes. Okay, yeah. And then I stayed there, tried to catch uh, Robitaille's attention. And when he finally got there, I yelled, hey, hey, Roby! And got his attention. And he was like, ah, oh, hey, man. And both both of them were super nice. Yeah, as I said, Lawrence catfished me. He looked a lot taller and person than pictures <laughs> in the actual picture we took i was standing on my tippy toes <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean L- lawrence is a tall guy uh R- roby not so much nathaniel robota he's he's not very tall but he tall, sure can taller than play. Us. he's taller than us it might be the hair is he taller than me yeah hmm. i'm and not sure more- his hair is pretty thick, and he was wearing cleats, so we don't know. I mean, in the picture, he looks taller, but I think he's still wearing cleats, and I'm, like, half-bending one of my legs. So I think we're probably around the same height. <laughs> Listen, if we were 6'6", six, six, we, we wouldn't be able, able to cover him either way. <laughs> but, yeah, a fun game. Ryan Fire, the new franchise, one of the new franchises in the ELF, they came out with the victory, and... Uh, we talked, as we said, to uh, both Lorenz Eglo and Nathaniel Robotide, but here's our interview with wide receiver for the Frankfurt Galaxy, Lorenz Eglo. Okay, so we're standing right outside of PSD Bank Arena in Frankfurt, where the Frankfurt Galaxy played against the Rhine Fire. Uh, the fire came out victorious 29 to 26 today and uh, we're with one of the team captains from Frankfurt uh, Lorenz Reglo how do you feel after the loss today <laughs> I mean it's never it's never nice to lose um, especially the way we lost like we didn't play to our full potential like not at all and we know we can do way better and we know we have to improve to to be successful this year definitely uh, how do you feel about your performance personally I mean, I dropped a touchdown in a two-minute drill on a, on a tunnel screen that, that would have been six. And, um, yeah, I don't know. We, we kind of game plan for them, and um, it didn't work out the way we wanted to. But in the end, I don't care. I could have had no catches, and if we won, I'd be happy. So, fuck it. And uh, how do you move forward after this? I mean, that's that's the point this year, man. It's it's really tight. We have, a, we have such a tight schedule, and... We always say 24-hour rule, so you have 24 hours to think about that game, and then it's on to Vienna, and then after that, it's on to Rockla. And I mean, um, they're, they're, they're great teams, and I know if we play like that next week against Vienna, we're going to get our ass whooped. Uh, so we have to put in the work this week, and um, yeah, just think 1-0 and every week. Yeah. And if we win against Vienna, man, we're back on top, so yeah. I remember when you were on our uh, podcast a few months ago, you mentioned that Last year, you also lost the first game of the season, and then you went on a winning streak after that. Do you feel like you have it in you to do something similar this year? Def- I mean, if we put the work in, yes, no doubt about it. Because I know we are a very, very good football team, and we're way better than we showcased today. Yeah. So, um, 
it's it's in there but like i said right now it's just one and all every week because we didn't win the first game now it's on to the next thanks a lot for uh, having this interview good luck rest of the season thank you so much i'll see you guys soon such a nice dude Always yeah re really nice guy and you i think i don't know if you saw it but i could really feel that he was he was visibly upset after the game and i I don't blame him. Having to do a bunch of interviews after a loss uh, has to suck. And I don't think he felt he had the best of games himself either. He, ta he talked about a drop he had on a tunnel screen, which he thought would have gone for a score. I I'm not so sure about that, but I think he only had like two or three targets. So, Yeah, they were covering him pretty good, I guess. But a receiver who had a really good game. Here's his interview. Nathaniel Robitaille. Okay, we're once again standing outside of PSD Bank Arena after the Dusseldorf Rheinfire defeated the Frankfurt Galaxy 29-26 to and we're here with one of the heroes of the day wide receiver Nathaniel Robitaille for the Rheinfire. No, no hero, just me, just Roby, just Roby. What's up guys? Guy. I did, that was ugly, huh? <laughs> That was ugly. Don't remind me. But, I had him yelling on the sideline, get up, get up, get up. Don't lay there. But, Roby, you did have the catch that set up the game-winning field goal. Yeah, I mean, he, the, it was Rohat. He was our second second guy quarterback. And he just said, hey, I'm going to throw it up outside. Go get it. So I said, all right, Hut, went out and go got it. I wish we scored on the, uh, the drive before that, though. We got stopped on the one. That's what kind of killed us. I think if we got that one, it would have been a different, different ending. But, yeah, we got it done. Yeah, and uh, in your first game here, how does it feel to get the win? Awesome, bro. I'm back home. Frankfurt was my first my first, uh, first time in Germany, first time in Europe. I still know everybody here and all the owners, coaches, everybody. So it's just a, it's a great feeling to come back. Awesome. And uh, what are your goals uh, moving forward into next week and uh, for the rest of the season here? Just get in the sauna, stay healthy, drink a lot of water. I was cramping all game. <laughs> Uh, and then go into each game prepared and get ready to be 1-0 again. That's awesome. Thank you for uh, be being willing to have this interview, Roby. Love you guys. <laughs> Robitai, he's, he's only talked to us once, and he's just the most upbeat, nicest, fun-loving guy there is. I it, it, it was awesome to talk to him in person as well. Yeah, for sure. But congrats to Roby and the Ryan Fire. Uh, do we uh, talk anything about the other games in the ELF this weekend? What? We had uh, Hamburg beat Berlin handily. Uh, Barcelona crushed the Stuttgart surge. The surge will probably struggle this season. Again? Yeah. And uh, Vienna and uh, the Schwarko Raiders, they had a really close game that the Vienna Vikings won 29-23. And they had a receiver, a German receiver, who had a monster day. Yeah, we, we weren't able to watch any of those games for obvious reasons. So. Yeah, I watched, I, I watched some of the highlights. And one of the catches that receiver makes, I can't remember his name. It's something with a B. But he, he was, he had a huge day. Oh, and uh, the game in uh, which game was that? Oh, I missed one game. Oh, the Leipzig Kings 
lost against the Rokla Panthers. Twenty, it was thirty-four to twenty-seven for Rokla, and <laughs> that game ended with the Leipzig running back catching a pass out to the left, getting the ball stripped away, and then the Panthers recover the ball, return it for a score, and that was the game winner because the game was tied and it was less than ten seconds left when that happened. Absolutely nuts that ending. I think he's cut now. <laughs> <laughs> But should we get to uh, some previewing the games we're going to watch this weekend, or try to watch at least? Yes, I got the first pick, right? Yeah, you have the first pick this week. So wait, the unicorns aren't playing anything? Mm. Yeah, they are. I'm pretty sure they have a game. They're playing the Straubing Spiders Saturday at three. Yeah, I will watch that slaughtering. <laughs> You're gonna watch that game? Yeah, I want to watch some unicorns kill some spiders. Spiders, unicorns for a side. You know that game is going on when we're playing, but you can watch the GFL games in replay also. Yeah, because they stream it really good compared to. Other leagues. <laughs> Not pointing fingers. I've had a difficult time uh, choosing this week, to be honest. But let's go see here. I'm gonna go with the the Frankfurt Galaxy at the Vienna Vikings. I'm gonna go with that game. I want to see this German receiver again if he can have a big day again, and I want to see how Frankfurt bounces back after that loss. Last weekend, so th- I think that'll be an exciting game. Last year they won the championship after losing the first game, so maybe we'll see a pattern here. Maybe, or or it all goes to hell here, but it'll be exciting to wa- watch regardless. In my second game, I really want to watch Limham against Gothenburg because this game will decide kind of if we make the playoffs or not. Because we're beating Easter, so that game will decide if we are playoff team or not no not as not exactly but this is uh, one of the determiners here because uh, for our Kifansta predators to make the playoffs we have to one win out we have to win our games yeah, and we that. need and we need Gothenburg to beat Limham and we need Easter to beat Limham in the last week so it's a lot that has to go right for us but uh, there is a also Yes, Again. there is a, there is a path for us. Okay, then it's harder than I thought because I only thought we need a win for us and Gothenburg to beat Limham. No, because Limham is currently at eight points. You get awarded two points for a win, one point for a loss, zero, one point for a tie, zero for a loss. And uh, Limham, they're at eight points right now. So if they win one of their remaining two games, they'll have a higher point total than us because we can only get to nine. We're currently at five with two games remaining. So I will watch that game, Limham against Gothenburg. I think you should go see it live. Bring the gridirons gear with you and represent. No, that's cool. No more traveling for me this uh, month. <laughs> It's only to Malmo. Come on, man. Why is it only Malmo? That's not far. No, but we can think about it. 
Hmm. I, I wonder if uh, ELF uh, Game Pass is going to have their games up in replay earlier this week because I think it took quite a while before they got them posted because I want to pick one of the games that starts at the same time as we're playing but if I'm not going to be able to watch any of it I'm not sure what the point is yeah you can watch it until we review it so you have time to watch no but the thing is it took like 24 or more hours after the final games before they posted like the games in replay so you could watch full games in replay so i i I hope they clear that up so they're available close to like after the end of the game but i'll pick one of the one of the games uh i'm gonna go with uh noah's istanbul rams at the berlin thunder nice game nice game is the yeah, uh, the, th- the Thunder they they lost this weekend and so did the Rams but the Thunder they were blown out by the Sea Devils while the Rams lost a close one to the Centurions so it'll be fun to see uh, some second week action and see how two teams like this will match up. Is the Stockholm or Brew game in Stockholm or in Brew? In uh, Stockholm. Uh, then I'm not watching that shit. okay this is tough I think the Ryan Fire against the Leipzig Kings ooh that's a good one yeah our our friend William James covering our friend Robitaille (laughs) hey yeah that's a fun one and uh, the Fire coming off of a close win the Kings coming off of a close loss and yeah. Should be an exciting matchup. Who do you think yeah, will win? Sure. That's tough. I don't want to make any predictions. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen the Leipzig Kings play, so I cannot give any. You you know they you you now know they fumbled the game away last week. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so my final pick. Let's uh, let's move to let's go to France. I'm gonna watch the Tonon Black Panthers play the Flash de la Colonne. We haven't really checked in on the French league in quite a while, so I, I think this will be a fun matchup. They played early in the season where the the Flash, they won pretty big, if I remember correctly. But the Black Panthers are a good team. So, yeah, I'm not sure how this matchup is going to go. I'm not sure if it's actually a matchup that matters because both of them have made the playoffs already. Yeah, but it should be fun to watch. And I think... I think this is the final regular season game in the French League. So this is the final regular season game of any team. And Colneuve, they're sitting at 9-0. Tonon, they're at 8-1. and So both of them are in the playoffs. And I don't think uh, the Black Panthers can pass, can pass the flash in the standings unless they beat them by more than they got beaten by. So I don't think anything's going to change. After that, 
I don't think anything's going to change for that game, but I think it, it can be a fun matchup anyway. And I, I'd like to get back to a bit of the French league action before uh, they start their playoffs. For sure. Now we're done with our picks. Should we go over to our power ranking? Ooh, right. We've, uh, as we've done every week, posted a for or every week for the past what four weeks now. We posted a ranking of the Swedish Division One teams, and we've got a few developments. Uh, should we start with actually at number ten? A very unfortunate thing that happened last week. The Nolshepping Panthers announced that they had to walk over, and that means that they will not be playing anymore this season. Unfortunately, good for like kind of good for them. Now they can replan and have a decent team in Division Two. Yeah, but here we get to this discussion we had with Bobby so many times that now they're going to have to pay a fine. Uh, they get bumped down the division, which I think will help them. But like, they're not going to have a very good position to restart from here. I don't think. No, but like, what to do? They can They have to pay now. So. Yeah, at this point, they've they pulled out of the series, which which sucks. It sucks when teams can't finish the season, but. Uh, all of their games, the, this, the records are going to be a bit wonky now because all of their games have now become 1-0 wins for their opponents. So the scores are sucky. Yeah, like all of the games they have played, all of the scores they've had or would have had, they don't matter anymore. <clears throat> yeah, well. Are we talking about your list or the combined list? <clears throat> no, no, we're talking about the. We're going to talk about the Gridirons of Europe list. Yeah. At number I, I, can nine, di- I can discuss my differences as we go through it. Number nine is Uppsala eighty sixers. Yeah, we've had to... we've had Uppsala sitting at eight for the past few weeks, but now we've bumped them down a spot it was always close between them and hessing boy but what what made you put hessing boy ahead of uppsala now okay <clears throat> hessing boy were able to compete with every team in their division at least in one half and half of a quarter after that the only like their losses are based on their fatigue <clears throat> and lack of players Based, yeah. not heavily, but a little bit. Uppsala yeah, like getting killed. Yeah, I mean, I I put I kept Uppsala ahead of uh, Helsingborg, not really thinking much about it because I didn't think anything had substantially changed in either case. But I, I guess you have a point. They kept the game sort of close <laughs> against Limham, and yeah, it's, I'm fine with them being ahead of Uppsala, but I think. It's close there between eight and nine, and it doesn't really matter because neither team are going to make any noise at this point. Yeah. At number seven, both of us had our Kihuan separators. Yeah, we've uh, solidified our spot at seven. I think we've been there, what, two or three weeks in a row now? 
It's been a while since we moved. Yeah, we uh, inflated ourselves all the way up to two in the first list, and then we got absolutely killed, dropped five spots, and we've remained there. <laughs> but hey, at, at least we'll pass Ista if we beat Ista on Saturday. That that I can guarantee. <laughs> but but it's it's going to be a fun game uh, this Saturday. It was a tie twenty twenty when we were in Ista, so. I feel it's time to settle things. We need a winner for the series this season. I'm very unsatisfied with the tie from earlier. So it's time to go get that win. And if we're getting even close to a tie, I, I'm a, oh, I'm going to go mad. If we, if we get a no tie ties! Win, I, will quit. I will retire on the spot. I will hang them cleats and hang myself with them. And I'll look hella funny because I'm uh, playing with a club on my right hand. So number six, we had Ista. Both of us, I guess. Or Yeah, and that makes sense. They, they took a pretty big loss. They had a pretty big, big loss at Gothenburg when we thought they were actually going to roll in with a bunch of little blue guys and get a win there. But they were not up for the challenge. I think it was 20... 25 to 6? Was that, that the score? I don't know. I'm not good with scores. <laughs> I'm not good with scores. <laughs> yeah, at number 5, they were our second difference in the list. Yeah, so at 4 and 5, uh, you had Kolskiuga at 4, Limham at 5. I had Limham at 4 and Kolskiuga at 5. I don't think it's a huge difference. They have the same record. I think they're both competitive teams. They both still have a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't think there's a big difference between the two. But if I think if these two teams played on a neutral field, I believe Limham would beat Kosky. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. So I, mean, I think I think they're a slightly better team. I believe Kalskuga has looked better against tougher opponent, oppon opponents. Limham only looked good against us and barely the Jaguars for one and a half. They looked good against us and Helsingborg for, one, for two halves in two different games. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. They're, they're taking on uh, Gothenburg this weekend. And it'll be interesting to see because now Limham is the home team. If they can, If they can get a win, then... They'd probably fly up the rankings because Gothenburg is our number two team right now. But let, let's see. I think I think that'll be one of the most fun games of the weekend. Yeah, I think Limham is hyped up. Because <clears throat> uh, as we understood it, their last game, like Limham just fumbled the uh, game away. Not fumbled the game away, like. They, wasn't, like, they wasn't, looked in control, but not really. Wasn't it that they were up like two to zero at halftime in Gothenburg? It was a really weird score like that. Yeah, like as we somebody explained it to us, like they were in control, but somehow, some way, just flopped away. Yeah, and uh, we don't know really where to where Limham are, but Gothenburg, they it looks like they've just gotten better and better throughout the season and that sort of culminated with their win against Goth against Easter at home 
So we'll, we'll see if they can keep that train rolling because I think, I think they need one more win to be sure of a playoff spot, but they're probably in. Yeah. At number three, we had AIK, and number two, we had Gothenburg. Yeah, so we've flipped those teams. I actually had Gothenburg ahead of AIK the previous week also. <laughs> but now uh, Osaid has come over to my side, and we finally have Gothenburg, a team in the south, at number two. No, wait, I had Gothenburg at number... Oh, I had them also. Yeah, my bad, my bad. I had Gothenburg at two also. <clears throat> And a unanimous first place for several weeks now since they got a win against AIK. It is Orlando. They're sitting at 6-1. and one, And uh, they, they currently look like the best team in the league, I think. Yeah, they're, they're tough. They have a good receiving crew. If healthy, they have a, the best quarterback. I love you, Jacob. You, you, my quarterback. But yeah, they have the best quarterback. I don't know about like their defense is tough. Their running game is good. Their offensive linemen are more built like walls than humans. <laughs> and fun fact: Gothenburg are getting Julian back. Some resource told me their superstar tackle who I do not like playing against, is back. He's playing this weekend? Yeah, he kind of played against Ista in and out, like to feel, to get a feeling back, but I believe he's back against Limham. Wow. That's a huge boost for them. I mean, their offensive line has played well recently anyway, but he's maybe the best offensive lineman in the league. So, like, that's a huge addition. Are you, do you dare say that? I said maybe, okay? I haven't analyzed it thoroughly, because, but I know that William well, is very good. Limham's 52 <laughs> will find you. <laughs> okay. I mean, that, yeah, that's a real competition. I, maybe Hampus Palmanista wants a, a part in the discussion as well, but Julian, def, definitely one of the best offensive line. If healthy. Well, obviously. I don't think anyone's all that good when they're not healthy. One, one leg not working. <laughs> Difficult to play on a line on one leg, yes. <laughs> I think that was it for this episode. Uh, a big thanks to all the players we interviewed who are part of this episode. Newal Stin, Fabian Katz, Lorenz Reglo, Nathaniel Robitaille. A big thank you to both the Cologne Centurions and the Frankfurt Galaxy for hosting us last weekend. We apologize to our frequent listeners that you didn't get an episode Monday, but at least you got a lot of action, jam-packed action in a pretty concise episode today. And uh, you will hear from us again in our normal scheduling. We will record Sunday evening published Monday, so we're back to normal here at Gridirons of Europe. And uh, again, if you need a new helmet, please order one from Contact Sports because this week, using our code Gridiron, you get 10% off. You can find this podcast wherever you find podcasts. Go follow our Instagram page and our Twitter account. Bye-bye. <laughs>